end. First John chapter 4. We're going to wrap this up. I actually had four weeks in this, but we're only going to do three because we missed a week because of weather. Um, artifacts. We've been talking about what is God. That's been the whole topic of the last three weeks. What is God? Because I think we have a misinterpretation of what God is and what our expectations for God is. Um, and our expectations oftentimes are wrong regarding God. Um, so last week we went to a fishing tournament. Me and Brandy did. It was amazing. Brandy, Brandy uh, does the yearbook at Ray County High School, and they had some kids in the fishing tournament. So we went so she could take some pictures of the kids coming back from their fishing tournament. And, and you know, I like to go fishing. Raise your hand if you like to go fishing. We like to go fishing, right? It's fun. You catch a fish, you have a good time, it's exciting. Um, I recently got into fishing about two years ago. So I thought, this will be cool. We'll go see what kind of fish these kids catch, and, and we'll roll with it. So we get there, and they're bringing their fish up, and they've got these bags, and they put the fish inside the bag. They put some water in the bag so the fish stays alive, and they weigh the fish, and they go throw it back in the, the lake. So this one kid comes up, and he's a middle schooler from Ray County, and he's got this fish, and it's kind of cute because they're treating him like a big boy, but he's not really a big boy. He's a little boy, but he's fishing, and they're like, man, that's a big fish you got, right? And it's actually this little bitty fish. But I notice as he's walking back, he's beating the crap out of this fish with his leg because he's too little, right? So he's walking, and he's kneeing this fish. The fish is like floating upside down. I'm pretty sure he wasn't taking a nap. Um, he's had a rough time with this kid. And, and it, it was precious, but then two high school kids come up, and they've got in their bag, you can kind of see the outline of a, like a freaking shark, okay? And they pull this fish out of this bag, and I swear to you, man, this thing was massive. It was huge. It was probably the biggest bass I've ever seen in my life. And they put it on the scale, and... <clears throat> It was, I think it was like seven and a half pounds, right? So if you know anything about fishing, that's a really big fish. And he got third. And he got third. That, great. That makes me feel better. So here's the thing. I'm standing there watching this kid, and, and there's something about me that a lot of you um, know a lot about. I'm, um, I'm very prideful about certain things. I'm really competitive. I don't like to admit that I'm getting old and slower and less athletic. And, um, you know, I just choose not to play basketball because I can't run one time down the court without gasping for air. So I don't want you to know. So I just don't play, right? So I'm looking at this kid and I'm thinking, oh, that's not a big deal. I can do that. Right? Like, like what? I've, I've caught fish that big like in my sleep, man. Like, what's the big deal about that fish? That fish isn't that big. I've caught fish that big. When in all actuality, man, the biggest fish I've caught, man. It, it, let's be honest. If I go fishing, I'm ecstatic just to catch a fish. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad I am at fishing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's many fishing trips where I come home and Brandy's like, how many fish did you catch? Four. Did you catch four or did Carson catch four? Carson. <laughs> right? 
I stink at fishing. I can't catch fish. And when I do catch fish, they're like little bitty fish. You know, like you can't even fit your finger in their mouth to hold them. So it's like a little, oh, that's cute. Let's take it home and put it in the fish tank fish. You know, that's the kind of fish I catch. You see, but here's the thing. I've got a pride problem. And, and I tell you that, I explain that to you to, to say this, that a lot of us, whether you like it or not, you have a pride problem. And I know that because I see the way that you interact with other people. Right? You see, here's the, here's the thing. Here's what we're going to talk about. What is God? Tonight we're going to talk about God is love. You see, and if we're completely honest with each other tonight, if you're completely honest with yourself... We struggle being love. We struggle um, characterizing in our actions and in our words the love of Christ. We don't display God's love in our life. And we're going to see in the book of 1 John chapter 4 why that's important. All right? So let's start in... Uh, verse 7, all right? So, so leading up to this point, right, in chapter 4, if you were to read verses 1 through 6, you would find that John is giving a strong warning, okay? Um, John's warning the people then. He's warning us now. This is just kind of a general letter. It's not necessarily to a certain group of people, so this is something that everybody can take away, right? And, and John's warning us about um, those who come with false truth. Verses 1 through 6, he's warning of false truths. He's warning of those who will approach you uh, maybe with a false hope, um, a, a false idea of life. Maybe they, the people that approach you with a false idea of happiness and a false idea of God. In other words, um, okay, you, you must do this. See, our culture does this to you. You must do this to have fun. Right? Like, like you must get drunk to have a good time at parties. Like, that's what our culture teaches us. That's what our culture tells us. Well, that's a false hope. Right? Um, if, if you truly care about your boyfriend or your girlfriend, um, you should be having sex with each other. Because that's what true love is. That's what shows what a real relationship is. Well, well that's a false idea of love. That's a false teaching that we learn from the world. And John's warning against that, right? He's warning about people that are going to attack your faith, people that want to attack your belief system, people who want to attack your theology. Um, he's saying, be careful around those people. And I love how he attacks this idea. Look at this in verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Actually, let's pray and then we're going to read. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time together, God. I thank you for your word. And, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, speak through this message, God. I pray, Lord, that as we dig into your scripture, God, that you would expose what you would have for us to take from it and that we would apply it to our lives. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Beloved. Okay, so listen, anytime it says that, that means it's talking to us. Anytime, in other words, it's saying... Um, Hey, hey, Christians, listen to this. Hey, followers of Christ, I've got something to tell you. Okay, so he's talking to Christians here. Those that follow Christ, those that believe in God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 
Okay, so get this. This is how John attacks this idea. He says, listen, people, you've got, you've got these things in your life. You've got these people in your life, and they're going to attack everything that you believe in. They're going to attack the very character that you stand for, the very belief system that you live for. They're going to attack those things. So here's what I want you to do. In case that happens to you, underline this if you've got your own Bible. Let us love one another. So, so here's the thing. Here, here's, here's the importance to that, right? Because we are the only group of people, we are the only family-oriented um, group of people that I can think of that live together, we, we grow together, we love together, we learn Scripture together, but once one of us screws up, man, we start kicking each other. Don't we? And, Paul, and listen, John's saying, listen, you've got enough of this stuff going on out here. You've got enough of the outside world coming and attacking this, this inner core of who you are. Don't beat up on each other. He says, look, if you want to defeat this thing, you must love one another. Here's why. Because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God, and everyone who loves knows God. So you got to love each other, man. Like, like he's saying to, that we must make love a habitual practice in our lives. Like this is something we strive for. This is something that you should try to do better than each other. Right? Like, so get this picture. Carson used to do this thing where you would tell him you love him. And depending on how he felt for you at the time, he wouldn't tell you I love you back or anything like that. He would nod. Right? So most of the time it would go like this. Brandy would be maybe sitting at home and, you know, we're sitting there watching TV or something. And she says, Carson, I love you. And Carson says, just like that. And then I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Carson, I love you. <laughs> like all the time he would tell me no, constantly. Right? And see, there, and he didn't understand. He was just a little kid. But, but it can't be like that, right? And John's saying, listen, you must compete with each other. Like, like you must do the, the cheesy thing that old married couples do or, you know, whatever young weird couples on the phone do. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, I'm not. I love you. Right? Like, like don't do that. But listen, he, he says, listen, you should strive to love each other more than the other loves you. Right? So like, like, for example, whenever Jed does an act towards me that reflects that Jed loves me, my goal in life should be to top that um, showing of love back to Jed. It should be a constant battle between me and Jed to say, no, bro, I love you more, man. Right? And, and, but we don't do that. Right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Notice what, what John doesn't say right here, all right? There are these false teachers, these false ideas, these false friends in your life. If they make you feel good once, always follow that idea, right? 
So John doesn't say, hey, listen, these people are going to attack you um, and they're going to try to get you to, to break apart from everything you've been taught and everything that you believe. And if that feels good, follow it and roll with it. Like John doesn't say that. Look, he doesn't say, even if it goes against the word of God, live your life. God understands, right? YOLO, dog. Like, just live it out. You got your, the rest of your life. He doesn't say that. He doesn't, he doesn't say, uh, disregard what Pastor Chris teaches you about forgiveness. Like, these people hold grudges and it's working out for them. This person continues to hate me for the little thing that I did to them. Why should I love them? Why should I forgive them? You see, John doesn't say that. John says that you are going to go through times in life that are hard. Different ideologies and different theologies are coming from all different directions in your life. And you're just trying to figure out who you are. The real world, listen to me, the real world at some point in your life is going to smack you in the face like I kick a cat off my porch, right? Like because cats are Satan. Anybody love cats? Good. Uh, I can't. I was going to make fun of whoever raised their hand, and Zoe raised her hand. Listen, listen. Life gets hard sometimes. And in the middle of those times, remember to love each other. Look at me, guys. To care about each other. Put your phone down. Love each other. Care about each other. Lift each other up. John says, let us love one another. And then from that point on, over the next six verses, seven verses, John goes on to give us four reasons why Christians should love each other. Right? Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Christians love because God is love. Right? Groundbreaking stuff here. <laughs> Christians love each other because God is love. Get this, verse 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love is inherent in all that God is and all that God does. A lot of people profess to be a Christian, but only those who display the love of God are truly born again. Okay, get this. Um, if you have no display of the actual love of God in your life, it's most likely because you aren't truly born again. Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you get angry at times at your mom and dad, that doesn't mean like you're a sinner going to hell, right? Like, everybody gets angry, but if you have no true feeling of that love in your heart, see, it can be hard because sometimes it's hard to love people, right? Does anybody ever have a hard time loving people? Does anybody ever have a hard time just liking people, much less loving people? Like some people, he's pointing, he's calling him out. Like, I don't even like him, man. How am I supposed to love him? Right? See, we all have that person. Like we all have that person at work or, or at school that just irritates every nerve of our body and we just want to be hateful. And, and sometimes we are, but if you're a true follower of Christ, you're unable to sustain that mindset. You see, something works within you uh, against that anger and hatefulness. And that thing that's working against you is the Holy Spirit. It doesn't allow you to stay angry. It doesn't allow you to hate people. Right? 
Listen, I, I've told this story before. I remember whenever I, I started feeling called into kind of this ministry, this idea of youth ministry. I had already started kind of teaching the youth ministry at our church and and God really started dealing with my heart, but there was one problem, and that was that I, there was someone that I hated with every ounce of being in me, right? And I knew for a fact, unless I came to a place where I could forgive this guy, where I could get over those feelings, whenever I could look at my life and say, God loved me, even though when I, I didn't even deserve it, right? And I had to realize that and, and say, I, I can't lead a youth ministry if I've got these feelings in my heart. Because how can I teach them to love people? How can I teach them to forgive people when I can't forgive this guy for what he did? And I struggled with that, man. And it was hard. It was tough. I get it. But you can do it because you've got the Holy Spirit living within you. Right? Like my favorite excuse. How many of you heard this? Um, Someone does something, you know, most likely they're telling you about how hard they are and how, uh, you know, hardcore they are and how angry they are. And I'll just tell them, right? I hear people say that. And here's their excuse whenever you confront them about it. Um, well, it's just who I am. <laughs> like, God made me this way. <laughs> Anybody ever hear that? Listen to this. First, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says this. Where is it? For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. In other words, whenever you give your life to Christ, you have taken on the divine nature of God, and God casts out all the evil that's within you. Do you still have fleshly desires? Yes. Do you still have uh, desires to be angry at people? Yes. But you can't sustain those desires because you've taken on the divine nature of God. So you can't say, well, that's just who I am. Because if you're born again, you receive God's nature. You become more like God. And God is love. You take on the nature of love. You can't hate people. You can be angry at people, but you can't hate people, right? You see, Christians love because God is love, and you've taken on the God-like nature, the divine nature of God. Therefore, you are now love. You represent love. That's why Christians love. Number two, number two, Christians love to follow the example of God's sacrificial love. This is the reason we love, because we are following this example that God laid out for us. Listen to this, verse 9. Verse 9, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says this, By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, here, here's the thing about love. God doesn't display the love, uh, doesn't display this kind of love to us because we love him. Look at, look at me. God, listen to this. You got to get this. God doesn't love us because we first loved him. We love other people because God showed us what love is. 
The only reason you were capable of loving other people is because God showed you what love is. You can love other people because you felt the love of Christ in your life. You can love other people because you know deep down that you are rotten and you don't deserve to be loved, but God loved you enough to send Jesus Christ to die on a cross. Right? Like, this is encouraging, man. This is encouraging because because God laid out a template for you. He said, listen, this is what I expect this love to look like. Like, like, here's a picture of it. I'm going to send my son to die on your behalf. <laughs> he's going to take on all the sin. He's going to take on all the things that you deserve. And, and he's going to die for you because I love you. Right? And without knowing that kind of love, we are incapable of loving. You see, we love because God loved us. God exemplified that love for us. You see, we should love people in the same way. Like, we should love people in a way not to gain things. Like, we don't love... God had nothing to gain by loving us and sacrificing His Son for us other than building a relationship with us. Man, you have absolutely nothing to offer God. I have absolutely nothing to offer God. And that's what our love should look like, yet we continue to love people accordingly to what they can provide for us. Right? I'm going to care about this person. I'm going to love this person because because they're in the in crowd at school and and that's where I want to be, my social standing. I, I want to be in that popular crowd at school, so I'm going to give my all to this relationship and push these off to the side because they don't matter as much because this one offers more. Right? Like, that's not what our love should look like. Like, we don't love people because they're nice to us. Like, we don't love people because they give us something in return. We love people because we want to be like Christ. Even when it doesn't make sense to love people. When it, even when people don't even deserve your love. Like, like, they have done absolutely nothing to be loved. That's when we love them more. That's when you drop your pride. You drop everything that says, I deserve more than what they can offer me. You drop all that and you say, I love them because God loved me and God exemplified this kind of love for me. You see, because God is love. That's why we love. Number three, two more. Christians love because love is the heart of Christian witness. Let me explain this to you. Christians love because love is the heart of Christian witness. Verse 12. It says, no one has seen God at any time. Okay, so it's like in a literal sense. Like nobody in this room has physically seen God. Get this. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. You see, here's the thing. Nobody in the world can see God's love. Like, Jesus is no longer here in the world exemplifying God's love. Like, people can't see God's love. People may hear about God's love, but they can't see it. The only demonstration of God's love 
is the church. Get this. So those people at school, that they're just hateful. Somebody turn your phone off. It might be my phone. No, it's not my phone. <laughs> the, the people at school that maybe, man, they go home and their, their home life is a living hell. And they don't see the love of Christ anywhere. And, and God's saying, you are the church. They need to see my love in you. Otherwise, they're not going to see it. You see, here's the thing. The church, that's me and you. The only way that God's love is exemplified in our culture today, and might I add that our culture is desperate for the love of God. The only way that we see the love of God is if we as Christians, if we as the church exemplifies the love of God. And that's what they say. Listen, Christians love because love is the heart of Christian witness. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20 says this. 18 through 20. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he, who, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making the appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In other words, um, we are the ones that are painting the picture of the love of Christ to all the world. You see, in the minute that we stop that is the minute that we stop sharing the gospel, which is our whole purpose as Christians. You see that? Like if we are living life to fit into the world system, there's no declaration of love of God. There's no hope for a church moving forward. People will buy in to the love of God when they buy in to the love of us. Your friends will never buy into this book until they see it played out in your lives. You can talk about it all day long. You can talk about church all day long. You can say, well, I've invited my friends over and over and they just won't come. Well, maybe it's because you aren't acting like God right? And that's rough, man. Like, that's a rough realization, but we got to work on it. Last one, last one. Christians love because love is our assurance. Look at this, verse 13, 14. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. We know that we have the Spirit living in us because we possess the desire to love as Christ loved us. But here's the problem. What keeps us from loving as Christ loved us is our pride, our desire to please ourselves, right? The pride that says, I can't let them win, as if like giving in and actually forgiving someone and loving someone is allowing someone to win. <laughs> See, we're buying into our culture. 
We're buying into the worldly standards that are set before us when God's saying opposite, God's saying love people, care about people. Like, like letting someone be angry at us while we love them is not allowing someone to win. That's allowing God to win. But it all starts in here. Amen? But listen, we must love people with all our hearts just like Christ loved us and still loves us. Otherwise, we're failing our mission. Everybody lock up. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you once again for this time together. God, I thank you for these teenagers and uh, all the, there's so many different personalities and types of people in this room, God. And, and God, I thank you for allowing me to be in a place where I get to share this room with them, God. I get to share this time of scripture with them, God. Lord, I thank you for for allowing me to love on these guys and these girls. And, and God, I pray that somehow that they would see the importance of loving people and caring about people and, and displaying the love of God and the way they act and the way they talk and the way they treat people. And God, I pray that you would just use each and every one of them. God, I pray you'd give them an opportunity, but they would be looking for that opportunity and they would take, the, take advantage of it and they would seize the moment of that opportunity, God, and uh, that they would serve you and, and worship you and love people like they're called to love because that's the only way we're going to make a difference is if we actually show love. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us as youth leaders, God, that you would help us to have the wisdom and have the courage that um, we would put on display what that love looks like. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just keep us safe um, as we go from here, God, and as we prepare to come back. God, I pray that everybody would come back for some business.